It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name's James True Penny and this is my show. And today we are going to step back too far in time. We're back to the Gibbs Dives Japanese Wrestling. Um, and as we've kind of given up on any form of like, um, you know, chronological narrative with this particular portion of the show because we've reached the point where it's kind of like get stuff that's relevant to now rather than tell the story of Japanese wrestling one episode at a time which we did for a good six years and there's plenty of that we're going to jump to the All Together shows. Um, All Together was a concept that was based around um, uh, the idea of all of the companies working together largely to bring together the uh, country after the Taku earthquake. And um, the money was done, the money from the shows was donated to the Japanese Red Cross. Now, obviously, um, soon, they'll be all together again, which will be a re-celebration of those shows in a similar way of, you know, celebrating the end of COVID and trying to bring the Japanese people. I'm not sure if they're going to be charity shows this time. I'm assuming they will be. Um, but yeah. So to join me um, is Mr. John Dizdale um, to discuss these uh, two cards that we're going to look at today. There was more than two cards, I think, on the All Together Tour, but the two biggest ones, we are the ones we're going to look at. We're going to look at the All Together card in Tokyo and the All Together card in Sendai. Oh, no, it was only the two. My apologies. Um, so, yeah, John, how are you doing? Am I right? I had no idea these shows existed. <laughs> I, I'd never heard the story of these shows, and then you're just like, "Hey, do you want to do all together?" I had no idea what that was, but I was just like, "Yeah, sure," because I looked at the names involved. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, well, I'll do these." Yeah, I mean, I remember watching similar shows to this in around about 2013 and 14 when everyone was playing nice for a while, because as you know, Japanese wrestling doesn't always play nice. Always. Sometimes there are there are there is unpleasantness because you know the politics of Japanese wrestling. Um, but um, having said that, this was one of those periods where they did play nice, and I think there was a show I can definitely remember the, a show where the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the Triple Crown were defended on the same show. They weren't like it wasn't like New Japan versus All Japan. It was kind of New Japan and All Japan. Uh, so it was popular for a while, and everybody kind of went back to the Rome universe. And it's intriguing watching these these shows now, and like who's actually with who, <laughs> who's still going, who's retired, who's now working for a different company or started a different company in some cases. Um, so yeah, this was an intriguing show. We were first of all at a seventeen thousand sellout, a sellout show at um, uh, Nippon Budokan. Um, which, of course, was the home to Noah at the time. Maybe a few years before, it had been the home to Noah. It had been the home to all Japan during the 90s. New Japan didn't do Budokan very often because it wasn't their particular cup of tea venue. They tended to do um, Sumo Hall. Um, but, yeah, 17,000 uh, for this particular show. And they didn't do the big... Like, normally, you know, the uh, Budokan, they do the big stage and then the long ramp kind of deal and this was kind of like abbreviated to fit more people in so i'll tell you how popular this was because this was such a rare occasion 
Um, shall we just go card to card and explain what was going on? Yeah. Um, I've just I've just sent you the Wikipedia page, John, because I'm not worried about results now, are we? And it has both of the results on there. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, there you go. So the first first match was a, a junior heavyweight celebration, if you will. It was Bushi, Hiroshi Yamota, Kota Bushi, at Kota Bushi, uh, who was DDT KOD champion at the time, I think. Taiji Ishimori. And they were going up against Kaz Hayashi, our good friend as the chief booker for Glate, Ricky Marvin, Shuji Kondo, who, of course, these days is wrestling for Noah, and Tag Mask, who is, of course, still wrestling for New Japan Wrestling when he gets the chance. Um, yeah, this was a fun opening match, and this was hell for leather. Bushi back then was still wrestling for All Japan. He hadn't yet moved to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's interesting to see him not only as a babyface, but a really over and popular babyface, because that didn't happen for long in New Japan Pro Wrestling before he switched to being a Rudos in LIJ. What did you think of this opening match? Yeah, this is how you sort of kick things off with a bang. Like, I was kind of surprised to see, like, Kota Ibushi in an opening match, and then I was just like, fucking hell. He's just going to steal the show already. And, like, the one thing I remember the most from this match is just him casually doing a double, like, backflip kick into someone on the turnbuckle. Just ca- <laughs> as casual as you like. He's just like, flip, flip, kick. Yeah, I mean, we've got... um Best of Super Juniors going on at the moment, and uh, Taiji Ishimori was in full-on Sendai Sailor Boy mode here with his trash bag yellow pants and tragic haircut. We will talk a lot about hair on this particular podcast because, oh my, the the horrors that have been foretold. Uh, I mean, the next match alone. (laughs) Sorry, John. Yuji Kondo hasn't changed. He's still just drilling people. Yeah, no, he's still he's still got mohawk and hurting people. That's his thing, and he does it well. <laughs> Ricky Marvin as well. I forgot how good Ricky Marvin was. You don't see him as much anymore in mainstream Japanese wrestling, but he was cracking junior heavyweight. It was superb watching him wrestle. Um, but yeah, this it was kind of like the classic formula for Japanese show. Lots of high flying junior heavyweights. I mean, I, do, I mean, the, the the obvious thing is obviously Kurosawa stands out because he. Freaking Kawatribushi, and I remember he was probably had just done that year's King of Trios. Uh, him and Nakal Nakazawa came over for King of Trios that year or the following year, and he won Raider Volador's that year in a final against Austin Aries, which was just insane. I mean, Austin Aries is awful, but like as a wrestler at the time, he was absolutely superb. Um, and Ishimori, looking, I literally watched three of his matches today, and it's like a different wrestler because he has had to gear down his career he's no longer the aerial specialist he was back then and now he's much more of a ground and pound kind of guy uh, but it's intriguing to see how he developed his career and very much in the same way tiger mask uh, sorry not tiger mask Jushin liger did you know Jushin liger was an aerial wrestler and then shattered his ankle into a million tiny pieces and so stopped being an aerial wrestler essentially um so this was great it was just great to see what was going on here. We were in 2011 on this particular card, so it gives you an idea of, like, we were 12 years ago and lots of these guys are still major players in Japanese wrestling, which is incredible, really, isn't it? Well, there is something kind of ironic about the next match. Well, this was the match which featured the people who'd been betrayed by their tag team partners wrestling their former tag team partners. 
So on one hand, you have Manubi Soya, Mohamed Yone, and Yujiro Takahashi going up against Seiya Sanada, Shuei Taniguchi, and Tetsuya Naito. If you don't know the maths of that, Manobi Soya used to tag with Seiya Sanada in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Mohamed Yone used to tag with Shuei Taniguchi and has been on and off for the last 15 years. Uh, currently in an off position between those two. And Tetsuya Naito and Yujiro Takahashi were actually one of the best tag teams of that particular era and the first tag teams win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight and Heavyweight Championships. My mutual hubs Twitter, Dumbledore, will, will be dead pleased we're talking about Yujiro Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito because he thinks that No Limits Tag Team is one of the most sorely underrated stories in IWGP folklore and was really the catalyst for the rise of LIJ and Tetsuya Naito. And he loves Yujiro Takahashi perhaps more than he should. But that's fine, because someone's got a love you, don't they? <laughs> I found it funny that Sonata had more charisma here than he did for, like, most of the 2020s. Like, ignoring recent times. Yeah, I mean, this is basically the character he's gone back to now, isn't it? He's, like, not exactly happy-go-lucky. He's more, well, he's still a heel now, because look at the company he's in. But not really a, isn't, they're, they're kind of babyface-ish, just five guys. But um, Sonata is kind of leading from the front as a semi-fan favourite. And back then he was a proper over-fan favourite. And obviously him and Soya had a good tag team in all Japan. Sorry? The Blue Star Trunks. The Blue Star Trunks. They, it was all, I put, look at all of them. What was going on with Tetsuya Nato's hair back then? I mean, there's still not an awful lot going on with it now. But good Lord. It's weird, it's weird seeing Yone without the Mohawk. Uh, sorry, the Afro. Yeah, he well, yeah, you see, that's the thing. Like, me and Dara saw Mohamed Yone in very early in his career in the late 90s when we did that show because he used to wrestle for battle arts, he's an actual shooter by trade. So, he was quite used to going into a dark character when needs be. And obviously, you know, when King Tani had problems with him, he went a bit evil and ditched the afro for a while. I was going to say, yeah, he's just kicking the shit out of people. <laughs> he's not playing nice in this one. No, 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 no. He's just kicking the hell out of people. But yeah, and all six of these guys are still active. Obviously, Sei Snad is currently the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Tetsuya Nato is, Nato is still the most popular guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Shiro Taniguchi is a respectable upper mid-carder, shall we say. Manuba Soya is a shaker and mover in Congo in Noah. Uh, no wrestle ring was no he because he left all Japan along with Sonada to go to Wrestle One, and Sonada left Wrestle One to go to New Japan, and Soya ended up in Noah after Wrestle One closed down. Um, obviously, Yujiro Takahashi is pretty Yujiro Takahashi, and Mohamed Yone is back to being his happy go lucky disco loving self. Um, speaking of disco loving selves, the next match which could be widely described as miserable old bastards who like hitting each other really hard match, um, which had Aki Sato and Togi Makabe. Before Aki Sato was really quite old, um, Togi Makabe, you know, because if you couldn't find two more miserable old people than, than them two, really, but they put them up against honorary miserable old man, Hiroki Goto, and Teokia, who, you know, is, is a legend on this show purely for being Prince Ayukea's cousin, <laughs> but there you go 
Oh, he was his brother, actually, wasn't he? Yeah, he was his brother. Um, so what do you think of this one? Because it was Big Lads Wrestling. Yeah, it was just beef. It was beef and striking. And I still love Goto's theme. Like, it's yeah. not changed in, like, 10 years now, 12 years now, and it's still just so good. It's like whether I like Hiroki Goto or not, which I do most of the time, unless you put him with Tai Chi, in which case, fuck off. It's like, yeah, it's just a great theme and great match because I'm completely rambling. I love Aki Sato. He's just, as you said, he's a miserable old man and he likes making other people miserable by beating the shit out of them. It's just fun. It's the ideal tag partner for Toby McAvoy, really. I don't know, because Togi Makabe, like, laughs it up when he beats people up. He's having fun in a sadistic way. Saito just looks like he's there to kill people because he's been told to kill people <laughs> off. Like, they're going to take him away and put him in a home or something. It's like, you are going to go out there and you're going to hurt those people. And you will like it, because if you don't, you know where you're going. True. There you go. Okay, yeah. But he really loves what he does. He just always looks like he's got a gun to his head. <laughs> We'll move on because we've got 20 matches to get through. Before, oh, sorry, 18 matches to get through because there was quite a lot going on with this particular two cards, as you can imagine. So we're not going to spend an awful lot of time. It's more about politics and what's worth watching. And to be fair, all of it's worth watching. There's no slack on this card because everyone's trying really hard and clearly having the time of their lives. Next up, Kai, who was wrestling for All Japan at the time. Katsushi Nikojima, who was in NOAA. Katoru Suzuki, who could have been in either, but I think he was in All Japan at the time. No, he would have been in Noah. Yeah, he would have been in Noah at the time. Prince Devitt from, obviously, New Japan Pro Wrestling, now currently of WWE fame. And, Ray, and Raisuke Takuchi, because they were Apollo 55, went up against Genbai Hironagi, Kenta, who's currently in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Koji Kanemoto, who is retired, I think, uh, Minoru, um, which is Minoru, uh, not Minoru Suzuki, but Minoru Tanaka, of course, who is like the, the chief shoot operator in Gleet, and Yoshinubi Kanemura, who's in just five guys who we just discussed. Um, but back then, would have been in Noah. <laughs> Kanemura has a complicated path since then because he left Noah along with the rest of the burning crew to go to all Japan. And after his contract ran out, snuck back to Noah, then joined Suzuki Gun whilst he was in Noah, and then left with Suzuki Gun to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he currently resides as chief miserable old man for just five guys. But he's having a cracking best of super juniors right now. Absolutely blinding best of super juniors right now. So we'll talk about him on the Today App Show, which me and John will record after this, but you will hear first. Anywho, what's your thoughts on this? Because there is some legendary junior heavyweight names that are legendary now, but back then were just kind of on the rise. Yeah, it's it's weird seeing it say fight for the future, and it's just like, well, these guys are the, most of them are like the present. It's like between Minoru Tanaka, Kanemaru, Finn Balor, sorry, Prince Devitt, and Nakajima especially. It's like you've got some names that were like big then, and you've got some names that are big now, and like they're all, like most of them are still kicking and doing like really bloody well. It's just here you're sort of looking at half of them fresh-faced, half of them, like, peak, and you're just like, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, because obviously today Nakajima tagged up with Jerk Go Shiozaki for the first time in, like, six years because um, he's left Congo and reformed Axis. 
Um, Kotaro Suzuki is part of Black Generation International in uh, Glate. Kai is wrestling for Dragon Gate these days. Obviously, Prince Devitt is, Virgil um, Devitt is, um, as you quite rightly said, currently working WWE. Raisuke Taguchi, um, currently in a serious phase in Best of Super Juniors, though not particularly taking any wins. I don't know what Genbai Hiranagi is doing at the moment. Oh, quick look. Um, nothing on the Wikipedia page. This is trouble like the cage match page. Oh, he, he retired 2016. Um, Kenta, obviously, Bullet Club, current New Japan Strong Champion. Koji Kanemoto is retired. Uh, I'm in and Sanaka working for Glade. Yeah, so like they, I mean, Kanemura looked old then, but he probably was only about 30, but he'd been around forever at that point, you know. So it, there was holding they, nowhere together. Yeah, you know, there, were, there was plenty going on with all of these guys, but they were right to call them the future. Now they're all in kind of their late 30s, early to mid 40s now, and they're kind of holding the companies together that they work for or helping the companies that they work for become better than what they are. So that's really cool. Shall we move on? Yes, yes. We are going to be, we have got so much to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Joshin Thunder. There are so many names. Yeah, there is. Like the next one. Joshin Thunder Liger, Matsunaki Funaki, Takuma Saito wins up against the, the late great Atsushi Ioki, Minoru Suzuki, and Tai Chi. This is just at the birth of Suzuki Goon. So Tai Chi is having given up on one particularly strong leader in Kawada and then turning his back on um, another leader eventually winds up Minoru Suzuki, who can't stand him. At least Kawada pretended to like him, but Suzuki doesn't like him. Tai Chi is still weak. <laughs> and his growing, his grow, the, the growth that you see over the 12 years to what you see now, Dangerous T is a long way off. That doesn't mean he's not entertaining, though. Aoki was superb, and he's a sad loss to the rest of the world. For those of you who don't know, Aoki passed away, I think it was two years ago. Um, and he was, uh, he was, at, um, he worked at All Japan Pro Wrestling and, until his death um, and then passed away. I think he was in a motorcycle accident, I believe, which is really unfortunate. Uh, yeah, motorcycle collided the sidewall of Expressway at Kintamura Park in Chiyoda Toad of Togan. He was only 41, which is really sad because he was such a good worker. Kind of seemed to be in a bit of a shock to be on the side of Minoru Suzuki and Tai Chi. But Liger, Funaki, and Seino. Seino was working for Freedoms. He was a special guest. Funaki was working for All Japan at the time and obviously Jushin Liger. So you had like one of the founding fathers of shoot wrestling on either side of this particular equation. So this was a thoroughly entertaining match because it was a pro wrestling match, not a shoot fight. So it was just basically a fight. And the, the comedy came from Tai Chi being kind of like bullied by his own team. <laughs> tai Chi's hair at this point was insane as well. Oh, yeah. He's got, you've got to watch like this a, just for Tai Chi's hair. He's a proper... 2000 scene kid here like he'd be on in tumblr going raw like that's what it looks like it's hilarious yeah no this is good um yeah this it, it was it was probably the most entertaining pure entertainment match of this particular card um because liger and suzuki were going through the ringer together at the minute because Liger were just getting back into the junior heavyweight division after an ill-advised push as a heavyweight. Fanaki was being Fanaki. Um, so yeah, this is well worth watching and it's a good match. There's nothing bad. 
Even the Destroyer Cup Battle Royal was pretty damn great. 11 minutes and 54 seconds with hundreds of people in it. Um, it was a 20, well, 26, obviously. It's like amazing what the WWE turned into an hour. They managed to do in 11 minutes and 54 seconds. Kentaro Shiga won by last eliminating Gado. Well, the people in the Battle Royal, um, I, will, I will list them off for you because I have them here. Lee Ching Guang, Takaki Watanabe. That would be, I believe that's evil, is it not? I think so. Oh. Yeah, 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 evil. <laughs> Takuma Soya, uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Yes, that Hiromu Takahashi. So Shun, Jun Nishikawa, King Farley, as in bad luck Farley, that dude. Yusufumi Nakanoa, Kazutoshi Kujiwara, Kento Miyahara, you know him, Triple Crown Champion many times, Kushida, like Kushida, Zack Sabre Jr., Joe Doring, Hideo Sito, Black Bushi, who was um, obviously a heel version of Bushi that, Bushi that was in all Japan at the time, Kento Oshaga, who won, Yoshinari Ogawa, who's still wrestling today as uh, one of the big draws in the junior heavyweight division in Noah, Tommy Akahama, Tommy Rishi, um, who doesn't? Who seems to be like younger now than he was then? I don't quite understand that. Rennie Dupree, Akira Teo, the living legend, Masawa Inoue, Mazada, who we saw on the Black Generation show that we talked about last week with uh, Marcus Masanobi Fuji. You know, you can't, you can't go wrong. Masanobi Fuji, Super Strong Machine, and Ghetto, um, and the Destroyer himself was there to present the prize to Kentaro Shiga. What did you think of this, John? It's a rather fun battle royale. It does an outstate its welcome, and there's just some funny little interactions between people. And again, it's a ridiculous amount of star power for what is essentially a a sort of celebration slash throwaway match. Yes. Mainly a Fuji, because everyone loves Fuji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuji's ace. He's awesome. Um, I'm surprised Fuji didn't win. I was as well, but he, he was working front office at All Japan and may have been seeing that as a bit of, uh, like, you know, a bit dubious. You know, it's Ghetto didn't win either. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was three bookers in this match because Teo was the chief booker of NOAA at the time. I know he was president of NOAA. Ghetto was booking New Japan, and um, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Fuji was doing a lot of the junior heavyweight booking in All Japan. They certainly had a front office position anyway. So, yeah. They did the right thing and let the youngster, who was probably around about 40 at the time. <laughs> oh, we have, we have so much beef next. So oh, yeah. much fucking beef. Yes, indeed. Hiroshi Tenzan, Osamu Hishin Nishimura, Wataru Inoue, and Yuji Nagata went up against Aki Bono, Ryota Hama, that wasn't enough, Yutaki Yoshi, and Takeshi Morishima. 11 minutes, 20 seconds of heavyweights versus super heavyweights. It was fun. And as John quite rightly said, more meat than a butcher's on Christmas Eve. I Big love class. seeing Ryotama, because he's obviously on like BJW now, so I don't get to see him as often as I used to. Mm. He's still so goddamn entertaining, because he is just a brick wall with legs. Like, that's it. He's just a brick wall. <laughs> it's like, oh, it makes me miss Morishima, who's sadly retired. Yeah. As one of the best super heavyweight wrestlers of any generation. True. Absolutely. Definitely. A former Ring of Honor world champion, former GHC heavyweight champion, too. In fact, by the time we get to All Together 2, he's a GHC heavyweight champion at that particular point. 
Then we get to the serious business, as they say, because there's three serious professional wrestling matches coming up. Well, there's two serious ones. Well, one's kind of like a celebration. One's a fun, serious one. But this was serious, serious. You and I love how you've added about five different caveats there. It's like, now we're getting <laughs> to the serious stuff. Okay, not that serious. Right, yeah, you know what? Just this one. <laughs> but then, well, yes. So, Takeoki Imori and Yoshi, Yoshihiro Takayama rebuild their feud with Yonakiyama. Um, if you go back to the early days of Noah podcast that me and Alex what did several years ago, the first thing that happened to Noah was Yonakiyama turned on Misawa and Teyu and Kawada. Or not Kawada, because he wasn't there. Um, turned on Teyu and Misawa um, and joined forces with um, Yoshihiro Takayama. Takayama and Takoki Amori um, to chase after Misawa's uh, Global Honor Crown Championship. Um, and then the inevitable happened, and Amori and Takayama turned on Akiyama, and so started another feud, because <laughs> that's what that's what you do. And Kensuke Sasaki was one of Akiyama's, I think he may have beaten him for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Um, so it was one of his biggest rivals. They were reigniting this feud, Amori, He's such a good heel. Um, he wasn't particularly in favour with Noah, or certainly with Misawa. And this was a nice return to form to him. He, basically what happened is after that particular run, he wrestled Kiyeji Muto, who was then the chief booker of All Japan Pro Wrestling, um, on a Noah supercard. And Misawa didn't like his performance. He didn't think he tried hard enough. And so he sent him on an excursion and basically told him never to come back. <laughs> Um, yeah, they never really called him back so we think he ended up in all Japan anyway um, and then so this match was kind of like a, a reignition of that feud but Amori haven't really lost an awful lot and Takayama was absolutely on form here Yoshiro Takayama when he's rolling is one of the best wrestlers to ever watch um, unfortunately of course we will never see him wrestle again because of injuries uh, sustained in a wrestling match when he was wrestling for DDT at the end of his career but it is incredible to see him just such a big swaggering shooter, one of the scariest guys who ever lived. And you got Akiyama, who could literally wrestle a pile of bricks and make it a five-star match. And Sasaki, who's just one of the most popular and most over-wrestlers Japan's ever produced. So this is absolute magic. Just absolute magic. Like, this was star power the match. Like, oh, yeah. Akiyama is... Much like Marashima, one of the best like heavyweight wrestlers of all time. It's like we've both donated to his recovery fund as well. Mm, yeah, of course. We we did it in person at the bloody Sendai show. And mm. like Akiyama is like one of the most underrated wrest like most celebrated yet underrated wrestlers of all time. Like I know most people in the know are always like, Oh yeah, he's like the unofficial pillar of Noah. And it's like He's just that damn good. Like, he could do anything with anyone. And, like, now he currently resides in DDT, where he is, like, the top, like, one of the most over guys in there doing all sorts of matches. It's like, again, it's, it's the name value alone is staggering. And then you get the match quality as well, which is staggering. Like, as you said, ta everyone here is firing on all cylinders. And you've just got the unmatched brutality of Takiyama. <laughs> Amori's just ace to watch. I still love watching him wrestle. Just because he's such he's got such good facials, which you don't really necessarily see out of a Japanese main eventer. I mean you do, 
but Amori's like Amori kind of has that American. He's like MGF in his facial kind of expressions and stuff, and it, it it's so it makes him so like intriguing to watch. It's um, a very whiny look a lot of the time. He's like, oh, he gets hit. And he's like, why me? What did I do? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. He's just awesome. He's just got this he's got face only a mother could love kind of deal about him. Not to say that he's not good looking, but you know what I mean? He's like untrustworthy, which is he's perfect for wrestling here. Yeah, that's it. Um, next, we have one of the best cases of smoke and mirrors wrestling you will ever see. It's Chaos, Tariano just coming out of his most violent players era and moving into his true on Chaos era. Takashi Yuzuka was still part of Chaos and still beating up commentators before he moved on to Suzuki Goon. And then you've got Keiji Muto and Kenta Kibashi, not a knee between them and barely working necks. Let's have some fun. And they thrashed each other for 14 minutes and 58 seconds. The friendship between Kibashi and Muto really salvaged the issues that All Japan and Noah had because obviously. When Masawa and his crew left All Japan, there was a lot of bitter resentment between the two sides. And when um, Muto took over the book at All Japan Pro Wrestling, a lot of that got buried, and a large of it came down to the fact that Kabashi and Muto just liked each other. So you've got biggest draw of one company as a mates with the biggest draw in the other company, then it tends to soothe things over. And not saying they all dissipated. You know, but as Kawada moved down the card, who was really, you know, one of those guys that did feel, you know, quite rightly, you know, all of the money that they got taken away from them because the Noah guys left. Um, you know, it, there's a lot, of, it was telling that, like, after I think it was something like after the 15th anniversary shows, Kawada did a sit down interview with Marafuji uh, and they kind of like thrashed out what went wrong between Noah and all Japan down the years. And, and Kawada said, I think this is the first time we've ever had a conversation, even though, you know, we were main eventing for these two companies for like seven years, but you were in uh, Kabash's team, so I paid no attention to you, and why would I ever talk to you, because you were, you were a rookie, and now, you know, you're great, don't get me wrong, but I had no reason to talk to you, so this is literally the first conversation Marafuji and Kawada had was over that stuff. And which tells you like what a big deal this card was. Um, but Kabashi Muto working within their limitations, even though you know it's eleven years later and Muto's just retired, but Kabashi was only a year away from his retirement card at, at, again at um, at uh, uh, Budokan. Um, and Iska and Yano are the perfect guys to put against it because they're not they're not hard work to wrestle. They know what they're doing and they'll put on a show. And therefore, that makes this the perfect kind of match to have in this particular slot on the card, I think. So I think it's a good yeah. piece of booking, and it's a good piece of it's a good piece of work. Yes, it's a good car crash of a match. Yeah, <laughs> chaos bring chaos, and Muto and Kabashi just deal with it, and it's just yeah, entertaining yeah. wrestling with two of like Japanese wrestling's like most beloved legends and two of the sort of biggest characters yes you know it was and you only have to bear in mind like 24 months before Easter was barely going to keep his job because he was boring really boring I mean like the most boring wrestler you've ever seen and Ghetto said come up with a character make yourself interesting and he came up with this 
Mad Man character, which just clicked with an audience and everything worked. And then he kept, he stayed in character right up until last December when Suzuki Gun split up and he came back just to, to be there for the end of Suzuki Gun. And then we get to the main event, which was a six man tag match featuring the champions of each company. In that particular case, Go Shiozaki, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Sawama. That would be the GHC heavyweight champion, the IWGP heavyweight champion, and the Triple Crown champion, up against Shinsuke Nakamura, Takashi Sagira, and Kenso, who were the relative long term rivals of Suwama, Tanahashi, and Shiozaki, the perennial number one favorites. And this worked really, really well for five people because uh, Nakamura and Segura couldn't really stand Kenso because he was still a bit of a baby face and a bit of a jerk. And Tanahashi, Suwama, Shiozaki didn't like him either. <laughs> so there was like one point where... Some... pile on him at the end. Yeah, it's just like, a... yay, you suck. <laughs> Get out of here. Fuck off. <laughs> and it is noticeable that all of those people except Kenso are still major stars in the rest of the promotion. <laughs> Yeah, um, I kind of forgot about Kenzo until I saw this. I was like, oh shit, it's Kenzo. Yeah, there you go. What I, I, I looked him up and I was like, because he was, was a big name and then just nothing. And he was really over in this match as well. But yeah. yeah. His teammate. And then... Except with his teammate, <laughs> yes. Sugiara gave him a clip around the air roll. Nakamura gave him a bomb by AD, and that was course you wrote, really. And they weren't that bothered about losing. <laughs> So so good. Like he still is, don't get me wrong, when he's given the chance to run with the ball, but holy shit, two thousands to like twenty tens Nakamura was just golden. Yeah, just absolutely. Just 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 brilliant. And there's also Chaos were heels back then. They weren't baby faces. So Nakamura softened as they started hearing cheers later on, but they were still on like full on battling their way through stuff. And do you see Tanaha, why Tanahashi was such a draw? And why Sawama's so great? And why Shiozaki? Well, Shiozaki must have been the youngest person on... I suppose him and Tanahashi were quite young at the time. We talk about... Um, quite wild to think about it now. Yeah, you know, I mean, Shiozaki was only seven years in the business then, and like 25. Tanahashi would have been... Tanahashi had already had 13 years in the business. He was quite experienced. And Suwama, uh, yeah, Suwama only had seven years in the business. Suwama always looks older than he actually is. Like, Suwama looks like, has looked 40 years old since he was about 12, I would guess. Byproduct of being like a, a bigger guy sometimes. Because it's yeah. like, it's the same with Sato. He looked 40 for like the past 20 years. Yeah, or exactly. older than 40. Suwama's kind of. <laughs> Same affliction. Yeah. And as a result of that, they've got well, there's so much room presence between them, you know. Oh, so... he's an intimidating, intimidating guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is he as intimidating Sugiara though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So the second show was uh, we were off to Sendai, home of Sendai Girls, indeed, um, of which we are a great fan. And this was at Sendai Sun Plaza, where Sendai Girls have their big shows. Um, they also had the added attraction um, of um, Michinoku Pro people coming into this particular show. Um, and in fact, there you go. Mako Satomura greeted fans during the intermission. 
she was invited by New Japan, All Japan, and uh, not noticeably not to put enough women to put women's not show on the card, but there you go. Um, this one, we had a bit more serious business on it and a bit more range to it, I thought, when I got going with it. But obviously, Michinoku Pro meant some interesting characters, and the opening match is the president of uh, Michinoku Pro, the great Sasuke, Raisuke Taguchi and Taiji Shimori, going up against Tiger Mask, Gedo, Jado, Taro Nahashi, and Keno. Now, we have to make a moment here because literally me and John could have done an hour on Keno's haircut, which is absolutely atrocious. It is the worst haircut we've seen in Japanese wrestling. And believe you me, we have seen some bad haircuts. I mean, Taiji Ishimori's haircut looks like a hate crime, and Keno's is worse than that. <laughs> it's, look, it's, it's, it's like he scalped Velcro into strands and then stuck hairspray on it. And dyed it black. It's such an emo fringe. It you could cut someone with it. Like I used to have an obnoxious emo fringe, but like Kenno takes the cake. I we, I used to teach a guy roughly around this time who um, came to our school after leaving another school, and we quickly realised why he had left the other school because someone had threatened to beat him up within within two hours of him being there because he was that annoying, and he had um. He had an emo fringe that just ended directly across the middle of his eyes. So he walked around staring at the ceiling all the time with his eyes looking down so he could see under his fringe. And then he'd have his air cut and he'd still look the same. Sorry? Mine was never that egregious. I'd only ever covered one eye. I could still see where the hell I was going. And and Keno's hair looks like that. It's, it's just awful. Absolutely awful. It, it's just... A, a, I'm not surprised Ghetto didn't give him a clip down the ear for having an haircut like that. <laughs> it's like he looked at um, one of the Final Fantasy games and thought, I can pull this off. And the answer to that was no, and you shouldn't have bothered. <laughs> Stop kicking the shit out of people, though. True. But there you go. Um, yes, yeah, so there was that. And that, that took 11 minutes and 12 seconds, and it was actually quite fun, considering what it was. No, Hashi was having the time of his life. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was, it was, uh, it was awesome. It's... Terrible. We're just in that pitfall where we're just going to say hey, it was a really good match. It is, because we are kind of like picking the best stuff, to be honest with you. Um, though having said that, what came next wasn't particularly memorable. <laughs> um, in fact, to be honest with you, I don't think it's actually um, on the the altered the two playlist, which might be yeah, no bad thing. Is it on there? Yeah, is this one? I didn't see it. I'm just looking to see if I can find it now. Jedo Jedo Kenan right? Why does that come after that one then? No. Come on. Oh well. Liga Suzuki Ashi Kondo and Kanamura. Ten, right, Hiroshi Tenzan and Shiga Satoshi Kojima going up against Captain All Japan, Captain New Japan, and Captain Noah. Yeah, she's not on the playlist. Sorry? It's just not on the playlist. It's Is just it? not on the playlist. No, it's not on the playlist. I, oh, I, well. I, the, the horror that that could have been, I'm, I'm glad we missed it, to be honest with you. Let's go on to something a bit more serious. Katsuyuki Nakajima, like... who was... Carol. 
I did wonder why Kojima was on neither of these cards, and it turns out he was. We were just spared the horror. We were spared the horror. Captain All Japan, by the way, was um, Ryoti Hama. Uh, Captain New Japan was obviously Captain New Japan, and Captain Noah was Satoshi Yoniyama uh, or Mohamed Yone. So it it had it had chances of um, being horrible. I thought Captain Noah was Jado actually later on, but anywho. <laughs> Uh, match three had Katsuki Nakajima, Kazayashi, Suji Kondo, and Yushinobu Kanemura going up against Jushin Liger, Kei, Katsuru Suzuki, and Minoru Tanaka in one of those other junior heavyweight matches. And just this was kind of more of a mix of the legends and the youngsters. Um, it was um, what was it called? There was a title for it on here somewhere. Where are we have a look at it? Because all of these shows, these matches, Shine on Tomorrow was the name of this match. Which it lived up to. What did you think of this one? Yeah, the fact I can remember it like screams volumes, like distinct moments of it, and I just yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's yeah, as you said, legends and sort of youngsters, and just again a lot of junior heavyweight violence and Condor <laughs> trying to kill people because that's all Condor knows how to do is murder. Indeed. Takahashi Sugiara and Yujiro Takahashi then defeated Manubi Sawyer and Togi Makabe. Sugiara wearing a Takahashi t-shirt. They came down in matching outfits because, you know, miserable short-haired people need to hang out together um, and wear the same t-shirts. They were up against Manubi Sawyer, who had founded the faction Wild in uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and Togi Makabe, who was pretty wild himself. Uh, Takahashi and Makabe had a long-standing feud that stemmed from the end of GBH. For those of you who don't know the long and storied history of chaos, chaos wasn't always chaos. Originally, it was GBH, which was founded by Hiroshi Tenzan. Togi Makabe deposed Hiroshi Tenzan and kicked him out of GBH. And then Shinsuke Nakamura deposed Togi Makabe and took everyone except Tomiyaki Honma to join to make chaos which left Togi Makabe and Honma as KO, as GBH. So this was um, storyline based around that. And obviously Soya and Sugiara, big lads, big lads wrestling, kind of worked from that point of view. 11 minutes and 46 seconds. What did you think of this one? Because this is, this is actually not bad. I like this one. That's pretty fun. It, it, it's kind of a shame that Yujiro doesn't dip into this playbook as much as he used to. It's like you see the occasional sort of glimpses of it, and then you're just like, ah, but he's just too busy being a fucking dodgy heel now. And it's like, yeah, well, you could still get something dynamic from him. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Just, I mean, I mean, Yujiro's job is to get other people over, and he does it supremely well. And he's been doing it very well for a long period of time, and this is a good example, because his job really was to get Sawyer and Makabe over and Sugiara, and he did. That was kind of what he did, and without detriment to himself. And that was this is also pre Tokyo Pimp uh, Takahashi. This is pre, um, you know, um, lady friends at ringside of various stripes before he settled in on Peter. So, yeah, and now before Peter. So, yeah, there you go. Um, next up, we have some more meaty men slapping meat. Um, Kazuki Suzaki tag team with Akibono, Naoichi Marifuji, and Yuji Nakata to go up against a very special lineup of Suzuki Gun. Masuki Kono uh, from, I think it was from, from Noah, Minoru Suzuki, and Taiji 
along with Yoshihiro Takayama, who had been in Suzuki-gun in All Japan, because him and uh, Suzuki are best of mates, um, who wants... Nobody is surprised at that. Nobody is surprised at Takayama and Suzuki. (laughs) (laughs) One night, they impersonated the Crush Gals together, including the red and blue Speedos. Because who's going to argue with them two if they want to wear swimsuits, women's swimsuits? That is incredible. Yeah, they did. It's pictures of it on the internet. Because they love the Crush Girls. And who doesn't love the Crush Girls? Um, Chiba Sonagayo last night was, by the way, at the um, Queen of the Indies tournaments. Yeah, she presented the prize to the winner, who was a former uh, marvellous girl. And that would be... um, the Russian lady who follows me on Twitter will be really angry that I've forgotten her name. Masha Slamovich. Because I'm getting old, John. I forget things that I know. She was in the new, like the second newest Deathmatch Digest. Because I did yes. her match with Sam Callahan from Revolver, which was incredible. I tried to get an interview with her for Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine when we were wrestling at Steel Chair Magazine, but it never came off. Because I loved her stuff, watching her stuff in Marvelous. And um, before she got to the States... Damn it, the one that got away. Anywho, but she's lovely as well. One of my favourite death matches. She can do it all. Straight up wrestling and uses the Northern Lights bomb. I do wish Impact Wrestling would stop saying it was a snowplow, which it is, but Akira Hokuto used it before um, Al did. And, you know, and hey, Kensuke Sasaki was in this match, which brings us back to this particular show. But this was pretty fun for, again, the aforementioned Tai Chi getting his head kicked in because they were already chanting Tai Chi, go home from the moment the match started. And brilliantly, when I think it was Akibono tagged in, Tai Chi turned around and everyone dropped off the apron because they weren't having any of it. <laughs> Which is funny. It was good. I liked it. It's just good fun. Yeah. It's like Tai Chi makes such a good whipping post in this phase because he's still quite like trim. He looks, he's like the little guy that's going to get the shit kicked out of him. And then he he takes it, he pulls off his like trousers, and everyone's just like, "Oh look, he's in his speedo, and now he's gonna die." <laughs> yes, this was before taking his trousers off meant something because he had no body shape whatsoever. He was being pulled thin, um, and he was doing very much. He was only he only stopped being a junior heavyweight like five years ago, and he was a proper junior heavyweight for a very long period of time. Um, next, we moved on to um, again. Uh, angry old men uh, up against Chaos. Chaos with Shinsuke Nakamura, Te- Takeshi Iska, and Tariyano. Um, none of them were champions, but Hiroki Kyoto had just won his first Intercontinental Championship, which was the feud for Nakamura was going for because he wanted to be Intercontinental Champion. And as we know, he would take that belt and make it the best uh, secondary championship. In fact, so good, it was essentially a second world championship. Um, Aki Sato was then GHC Tag Team Champion. And they were tagging with Jinsei Shinzaki, who is, you know, the world's toughest yoga instructor. And on a, and just absolutely a breathtaking professional wrestler. Barbed wire. Sorry? He rope walked on barbed wire. Yeah, yeah. And he runs, he runs a very successful um, uh, yoga class in um, Michinoku. Now, I know because he follows the Stroopany Show on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was as he under not as you say exactly under his um yoga uh persona, if you will. Oh. There you go, you see. And he runs he manages a restaurant. I think he runs the yoga above the restaurant. 
as well as being president of Michinoku Pro and president, co-president of Sendai Girls. Because he's a busy man. Like out of both of these shows, I think this was my favorite one because it just goes completely mental. I I like the next one. I think you're right, but this one, that one did go mental. I think it was really entertaining. But Kabashi and Muto have so much more chemistry together in this match than they did in the first one. Because the next there match is, yeah, I just quite like him, Yano, trying to impersonate Shinzaki and just getting the shit kicked out of him for it. <laughs> So in the semi-final match, Keiji Muto and Kenta Kabashi once again reignited their tag team to go up against Yunakiyama, who was then triple crown champion whilst wrestling in Noah, because of course he was, um, who had turned heel again at that particular point and was tagging with Takio Omori, who had left Noah, who had found a new home in All Japan Pro Wrestling with Manubi Sawyer to, as part of Wild. And then later, these two tag team regularly as part of a tag team called Wild Burning. And this may have been the founding of Wild Burning, if I remember correctly. So there you go. If nothing else, these shows show you just how many bloody moving parts there are to Japanese wrestling, because everyone's just moving everywhere at all, like all times. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's current. It's like having a sliding tile puzzle on like a continuous puddle of baby oil. <laughs> Well, exactly, that's it. I mean, like, Muto, not long, I it two years after this, Muto leaves All Japan to form Wrestle One, takes half the roster with him in what's known as the Third Great um, Schism. Um, Kabashi retires. Akiyama, well, no, Kabashi is fired before he retires because the management and Noah think, you know, they just let him go. They didn't renew his contract or anything to, like, give him a decent send-off. They just, like, fired him. So offended by that, Akiyama, Kazura Suzuki, um, Nabu, Yoshinobu Kanemura, and Go Shiyazaki, and I think there's somebody else as well, all leave Noah because they're pissed off at the way they've treated Kibashi. So they end up going to all Japan. Obviously, Muto's left. So Akiyama ends up being chief booker at all Japan because there was a period where I can't, somebody was booking all Japan who shouldn't have been booking all Japan anyway. Akiyama ends up being chief booker and president of the company and stays there until his contract runs out and then he goes to DDT. <laughs> I hope I've made that clear. <laughs> as I said, it was hilarious. I started reviewing DDT as Akiyama was coming in mm. and it's just like, you know, I didn't think seeing Akiyama and DDT would be the best thing about DDT and then I'll like, after I'd written that line, I was just like, of course it was going to be attacking. <laughs> yeah, because he takes it seriously and he tries. You know, he could have gone there and just, like, gone through the motions, but he really did go, I'm in DDT, so I'm going to be a DDT wrestler. I'm going to have knocking out the park great matches, but I'm going to do the comedy stuff because it's DDT and that's what the fans expect. Because fans of DDT aren't necessarily wrestling fans, and that's what people don't get. <laughs> they just don't get it they don't get the idea that people, there's wrestling out there that could be just not straight up professional wrestling people might like I didn't know. realize this match was 20 minutes it didn't oh, no, feel it like... flew by absolutely flew by but just looking at that timer I'm like no way wait again it just name value alone 
Amari's being hilarious again. Akiyama's kicking the crap out of people. In fact, everyone's on point here. Knees and necks are not. Like, Kabashi and Muto are working their socks off in this one. <laughs> yeah, this is great. And then we get to the main event of the evening. Hiroshi Tanahashi, who had just lost the IWGP Heavyweight Championship to Kazuchika Okada, because this was the time of the Rainmaker shock. Um, Okada couldn't attend this event because of prior bookings elsewhere. Neither could Prince Devitt. Suwama wasn't Triple Crown Champion because he just lost it to um, Yonakiyama. Morishima was Global Honor Crown Champion. So Goshiyazaki had just dropped the title to Morishima, who he was wrestling. Sonata was still an upper mid-carder in all Japan. And Tetsuya Nato was bringing Tetsuya Nato, though he was showing signs of slipping off of the babyface trajectory, shall we say, because he still hated Tanahashi, even though he was supposed to be in Hontai and supposed to be a babyface, he clearly despised Tanahashi through this entire match. Um, but we're still about two years away from LIJ, really, or at least two years away from the CML excursion where he joined LIJ. But this, so this kind of has, again, moving parts that are really interesting. I guess Suwama's the only kind of like well, Suwama and Tanahashi are the only two genuine, like, non-moving parts. Suwama's still a big player in all Japan, and Tanahashi's still a big player in New Japan. Shiyazaki went in and out of New Japan to all Japan and back, sorry, nowhere and back again. Uh, Sonada left all Japan, went to Wrestle One, went to Impact Wrestling, got lost in Canada, because Canada, um, and then ended up in New Japan. Uh, I suppose NATO has kind of been a constant, basically, because he doesn't think any wrestling for anyone else is actual proper wrestling. <laughs> New Japan is pro wrestling, as far as NATO is concerned, and anything else you do is a hobby. Yeah, NATO is like Keno's best man. He is, because Keno, yeah, because Keno like sees Noah as the be all and end all and the ultimate wrestling wrestling experience. Why would you want to wrestle for anyone else? Um, Keno has the added advantage of having a massive chip on his shoulder about it. NATO has a chip on his shoulder about many other things, but he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder about being New Japan's top drawer, I suppose. Which is nice. Probably got more chips on his knees. True. Very, very true. Um, But basically, one of the reasons also why we can't talk about, like, artistic stuff with these matches, because they just suspended storylines for these two shows and just had, hey, these guys have worked well with these guys, so they had a fun card. And obviously you can't do this all the time. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. So you have any other thoughts on this, John, now you've gone back and watched these two cards? Yeah, they're just really fun. It's incredible what you can do with, like, cross-promotion exhibition matches. Like, sure, they're not going to set the world on fire with, like, continuation and stuff, but they make for some fun viewing experiences. And, I mean, just the entirety of Team Meat was pretty fun. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So there you go. We're going to stick the playlist. There's a couple of matches missing. You might have to go find them. But we are going to stick the playlist into this week's tweets. So if you want to go watch these, you're more than welcome to. It took me uh, about all day to watch them yesterday. They are long cards, but they're trying to fit everything in. Um, but yeah, go find them on the internet. Go have a look. It's free wrestling. We can never complain about free wrestling. To be fair, I don't know who the rights to owns the rights to them, so no one's taken them down yet. <laughs> so that's good. But they've been up there six years, so yeah. it's like they're not going anywhere. That must be an absolute clusterfuck to try and manage. It's like, right, who keeps this? Um, 
It's one of the reasons uh, why it's one of the reasons why these cards don't happen. It's actually nothing to do with the wrestling promotions, very much to do with the TV companies. One of the reasons why it's taken so long for stardom matches, stardom wrestlers to appear on New Japan is because they're contracted to a different company for web rights. So it's virtually impossible. It's the reason why like the first stardom crossover matches appeared on the undercard of Wrestle Kingdom on the dark matches, like proper dark matches, because normally New Japan broadcast everything that happens at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but they couldn't broadcast them because they were signed to a, a rival TV show, even though they bought the company and the wrestlers work for Bushy Road, they couldn't do that. And that's what causes problems with shows like this. It's usually nothing to do with the actual wrestling. And one of the reasons why now we're in New Japan work together is because the Beamer have such good streaming technology that um, TV Ashai helped develop it and I think they work together on that particular kind of strength so that's one of the reasons why they work together because the Beamer and TV Ashe are quite happy to work with one another so yeah it, it does, does a lot of it is down to televisual politics which is what stops an awful lot of things around the world but anyway. anywho you know I really want to see just talking about like cooperation I want Shingo Takagi to go to Freedoms and just fight Tomo Hirata <laughs> the newest champion who's just like who's like basically entirely freedom's kid and like yeah he's just like a massive strong style monster within the death match world i just love to see those two lariat and light tubes into each other for like 20 minutes shingo is coming to the uk to wrestle billy emotion spray at red pro on the same yeah. the day before aw so you know you never know what's going to happen in this wonderful world like, wrestling we're in today. Kagi likes to do everything, so let's see him do a death match. I'm not sure he'd be up for that, but you never know. He's done plenty of cage matches in his Dragon Gate days, though, so you never know. Maybe not a cage match, but something violent. <laughs> Anywho, thank you for listening to the Troopany show today. We're off to go record a Today at show after this. So I'm going to say thank you very much, Mr. Dinsdale. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman if Twitter still exists. Um, you can find me at John underscore Deathman on Instagram, which is basically the same stuff that goes on my Twitter, uh, except with more pictures. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can find me on Patreon at the Deathmatch Digest, which is twice weekly Deathmatch deep dives looking at historical deathmatches, present deathmatches that take my interest, the future stars. And plenty of free reviews and stuff to keep you going as well. You can find me at Sheriff Lemster on Twitter and on Instagram where I'm Sheriff Lemster TX. Again, it's not much about wrestling. It's more about guitars and cars because there's my other two things I'm into. Um, you can also find me on Mastodon, which is just general rambling about stuff. Um, you can find the show on uh, Troopany Show on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, we're also Discord, which is Troopany Show podcast. And we're all way on Facebook as the Troopany Show and our Patreon as the Troopany Show. We can keep us free forever for everyone. Next week, I'm not completely sure, though there was some deathmatchy stuff in TJPW, and I'm wondering if John and Anna would like to go back and have a look at that. So we'll see. That's on the pitch. That's on the uh, digest as well. Wink, yeah. wink. There you go. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. I'll talk to Anna. I'll talk to John. There will be machinations. And I'll speak to them. I wanted to do this show this week, though, because it's topical. Altogether, again, we'll be coming up soon. And Ricardo gets to wrestle on it this time, so I'm sure he's dead happy about that. Anyway, take care. 
and we'll speak to you next week. Follow this week. This today there was a big date date on uh, Wrestling Rewind, and they're catching up on the story of WWF in 2005, 2006. And I will be doing um, today at Full Best of Super Juniors. Unfortunately, the opening format has been 10 matches a show, which is really difficult to do in a day when you work for a living and you've got a seven hour working day and then try and watch a pay-per-view and then podcast after it. So it might be every couple of days at Best of Super Juniors, not necessarily today at, because just the way things work. Um, I'm hoping they go back to one block per night, which would be nice, lads, if you don't mind. But I've literally watched five pay-per-views in the last two days, so I'm a bit fried on wrestling content right now. Anywho, take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye! Thank you.